The epistle for the 19th Sunday after Pentecost is taken from St. Paul's epistle to the Ephesians, chapter 4. Brethren, be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new man, who according to God is created in justice and holiness of truth. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak ye the truth every man with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your anger. Give not place to the devil. He that stole, let him now steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have something to give to him that suffereth need. And the Holy Gospel. It's taken from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 22. At that time, Jesus spoke to the chief priests and the Pharisees in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a king who made a marriage for his son. And he sent his servants to call them that were invited to the marriage, and they would not come. Again, he sent other servants, saying, Tell them that were invited, Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My beeves and fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come ye to the marriage. But they neglected and went their way, one to his farm and another to his merchandise. And the rest laid hands on his servants, and having treated them contumeliously, put them to death. But when the king had heard of it, he was angry. And sending his armies, he destroyed those murderers and burnt their city. Then he saith to his servants, The marriage indeed is ready, but they that were invited were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as you shall find, call to the marriage. And his servants going forth into the ways gathered together all that they found, both bad and good, and the marriage was filled with guests. And the king went in to see the guests, and he saw there a man who had not on a wedding garment. And he saith to him, Friend, how camest thou in hither, not having on a wedding garment? But he was silent. Then the king said to the waiters, Bind his hands and feet, and cast him into the exterior darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Thus far are the words of today's Holy Gospel. <clears throat> Then the king said to the waiters, Bind his hands and feet, and cast him into the exterior darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And these words are taken from the gospel of today's Mass, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear faithful, St. Alphonsus tells us of a story from the Old Testament that I would like to share with you today. Before the coming of Christ, the people of Israel were ruled by kings. The kings came, came from the line of King David. And some of the kings were faithful to God and ruled their people according to God's laws. 
while surprisingly many of these, many other of the kings, the very ones who were chosen to rule God's people, were very wicked men, even idolaters. And one such king was King Manasseh, who reigned 600 years before Christ. King Manasseh was 12 years old when he began his reign, and he was king for 55 years. And sacred scripture is clear. It says that King Manasseh did evil before the Lord, according to all the abominations of the nations. He was so evil that he built high altars and worshipped pagan gods in the very temple of God that Solomon had built. Here he was, the king of God's chosen people, and he was sacrificing his own sons, his little children, by having them pass through fire, as they called it which means he had his infant children, his sons, sacrificed by fire to the devil, uh, Balim, who is the demon false god or Satan's assistant. And Almighty God even warned the king and the people who were following the king's orders and example to stop their sins and to follow his commandments. But the people turned a cold shoulder toward God. And so, my dear faithful, all of Israel was punished for these sins. God allowed the Assyrian army to conquer and take the Israelites captive. Once having all of the riches of the kingdom and everything he wanted at his fingertips, King Manasseh was now thrown into a small dark, grimy prison of a foreign country to suffer painful tortures at the hands of his enemies. But this situation, this distress, opened the king's eyes. If this punishment was so cruel and terrible for having turned against God, how much worse will the eternal fires of hell be the king thought. God had already been merciful to him, but would God's mercy continue if King Manasseh rejected it? And so having the prospect of hell before him, King Manasseh was moved to repentance, and he prayed that God his father would forgive him. And God did hear his prayer And soon afterwards, King Manasseh was released from prison and returned to his kingdom, where he strove to be a fervent ruler and an example to all of his people. And he lived the rest of his days in penance and wholly devoted to God, until he finally passed away reconciled with God. Now, my dear faithful, King Manasseh was succeeded by his son, Ammon. Ammon saw the conversion of his father and saw that he was restored to the faith. And Ammon, St. Alphonsus tells us, seeing that his father's sins were so easily forgiven, abandoned himself to an even more wicked and sinful life than his father's 
with the false hope of pardon at the end of his life. How foolish that was. And how foolish it is for anyone to live life like this. To live life in sin with the hope that you will be pardoned before the end comes. Mercy had been shown to Amun in, in, in his life, the life and example of his father's conversion. But Amun, unlike his father, did not consider death and cer- certainly did not consider hell, its terrible torments as a reality. And sadly, my dear Fable, in the youth of his life, death came suddenly before this king could amend his life. His servants conspired against him and assassinated the young king in his very house. My dear faithful, St. Alphonsus uses this sad story to remind people to think of death and to consider the great truth of hell so that we can be prepared and can be motivated to avoid hell and to pray for others to avoid hell. Because, my dear faithful, when we consider hell and the terrible torments and sufferings of those who are there, we will be moved to avoid sin and to renew our devotion to practice virtue. That is part of the reason why the Church gives us the Gospel of today's Mass, the parable of the marriage feast. This parable is our Lord's warning and reminder about the punishment for those who do not go to the marriage feast prepared and properly dressed. The marriage feast represents heaven. And those who are invited to the feast are souls, all those who have been called to heaven. And those who are not wearing a wedding garment are those who have died in the state of unrepentant mortal sin and are not in sanctifying grace. And my dear faithful, our divine Savior is very clear that the punishment for those who die in such a state will be terrible. Our divine Savior said, Cast him into the exterior darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. God, my dear faithful, does not want to condemn souls to hell. He made us to be happy with him forever in heaven. In fact, my dear faithful, the saints explain that God does not actually send souls to hell. But those souls who die in the state of unrepentant mortal sin reject God. And in turning away from God, they cast themselves into hell, where they will be tormented forever for having rejected such a loving and merciful God. And so, my dear faithful, that is why our divine Savior, in his mercy, warns us of hell in the parable and throughout the gospel. That is why also Our Lady came to the children of Fatima, and showed them that terrible vision of hell so that they could pray and do penance and to tell others what they saw so that they could avoid it too. 
Hell does exist, my dear faithful. And it is important that we realize this truth, that we consider it, not only for our own sakes, but for the sakes of those we teach, those we are in charge of, our children, so that we can avoid and help others to avoid it too. You see, the devil does all in his power to make souls forget that hell exists. Or he tricks souls into thinking that God would never really send a soul to hell for all eternity. And he does this so that we do not consider the consequences of sin. Or unfortunately, some, perhaps many in the world today, believe in hell, but they make a mockery or a joke out of it. I actually actually recently saw a bumper sticker which read these sad words, I already know that I am going to hell. So at this point, it is either go big or go home. In other words, this bumper sticker is saying that I know I'm going to hell anyway, so I might as well enjoy the rest of my life here on earth by sin. And how sad it is when you look at the crucifix. God stretched out on the cross to save sinners. And then to see something like this bumper sticker. And while this person who had this may have been joking, I hope he really doesn't know what this means. Still, how many live their lives like this? How many souls there are who do not know or do not take seriously the punishment of hell? How many, as St. Augustine says, say that God is good, and so I will do whatever I please. And now they are, they are suffering the fires of hell. And my dear faithful, we have to remember that the torments and sufferings here on earth, whether physical internal sufferings, any suffering, do not compare with the torments of hell which will last for all eternity. We know, my dear faithful, that God is all-merciful. But in hell, St. Thomas Aquinas says that there is no place for mercy. There is no place for mercy in hell. And this is because mercy cannot be exercised upon a soul who rejects it. When one is in hell, they are, they abandon themselves from their creator. And by their own perverse choice, they are changelessly and wholly devoted to evil. Every single action in hell is a sin, a sin of hatred toward God the horrible guilt which blackens and frustrates the soul opposes any mercy that God might have shown the soul. And so despite God's wondrous mercy, which is shown to souls here in this life, the fallen angels and lost human souls cast themselves into hell. What terrible torments, my dear faithful. St. Thomas says that as in heaven there is perfect charity and happiness, 
in each soul being saved. So in hell there is a perfect hatred and envy, a malicious desire to see others, especially the ones they once loved, suffer the pains of hell. The condemned souls hate God. They hate God for the punishments that they have brought upon themselves. In fact, it is so horrible that they have turned their backs on God so that in hell they never even think of God directly. They never think of God directly, God who still loves those souls so much. They only think of them in their think of him in their hatred for him and the and their punishments. And finally, one of the sufferings in hell is that those in hell will have knowledge of the glory of the blessed in heaven. And at the last judgment they will look in vain to see the glorified body of the saints. They will know heaven and they will feel sharply the punishments of not being worthy to even look upon it. To think and consider, my dear faithful, of ourselves in that position, to think of the souls we care for. When we are faced with temptation, let us think of hell to help us not fall into sin so that we do not suffer these torments, that fire that burns for all eternity. And to think how sad this is for the most sacred heart, whose every beat is a beat of burning love, of fire for each soul, who desires nothing but the salvation of the sinner. Christ, who shed his every, every drop of his most precious blood, so that we can be happy with him forever in heaven. How sad it is to see souls cast themselves into the eternal abyss. And so, my dear faithful, we must pray. Let us, my dear faithful, consider this, consider God's great love for man. And consider also the eternal fires of hell. To consider this so that we will obey the commandments better to live our lives as we wish to die, and to pray and offer sacrifices, to do penance for others so that others do not suffer the eternal fires of hell. Our Lady of Fatima said that many souls go to hell because they have no one to pray for them. And so, my dear faithful, let us have the utmost confidence in the most sacred hearts of Jesus and Mary. Not like King Amon did, the son of King Manasseh, who presumed that God would save him from his evil ways. But let us rather have a loving confidence as the saints did, which confidence and love was proved by action. Let us stay close to the heart of Mary, who is the refuge of sinners. If you want to avoid hell, my dear faithful, then pray the rosary every day. If you want to help others avoid hell, pray the rosary. 
And what a powerful prayer the rosary is. It is the prayer that Our Lady requested us to pray at Lourdes in Fatima. And it is, as St. Louis de Montfort says, he who, had, who understood hell fully had so much confidence in the rosary. St. Louis de Montfort says that he that says the rosary every day faithfully until death, He says, I do assure you that despite the gravity of your sins, you will receive a never-fading crown of glory. He says that even if you are on the brink of damnation, that even if you have one foot in hell, and even if you have sold your soul to the devil as sorcerers do who practice black magic, even if you're a heretic as obstinate as the devil. He says that if you pray the rosary devotedly every day, sooner or later you will amend your life and save your soul. And so, my dear faithful, having considered hell, let us be moved to avoid it. And let us do this by avoiding sin and by lovingly praying the rosary each and every day for ourselves and for the souls of others. May God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.